Alright, welcome back to another episode, the second part of our day one overview from practices. We are now previewing, or I should say previewing, recapping the day one of the North team offense and also the defense as well. If you missed our South team recap, you can head back to our previous episode. We went through some headliner names like Justin Herbert, Javon Kinlaw, Lloyd Cushenberry, Marlon Davidson, along with some other guys as well that we thought stood out the most from the first day of practices. But I want to transition to the North team now, of course. I am your host, Jordan Reed, alongside my co-host, Jonah Tolls. We are the Locked On College Football Podcast. But I want to talk about some of these North guys that stood out the most. And I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. So I want you to go first. This is a USC receiver. He has plenty of bloodlines in the NFL, and I thought he got open, and he made some impressive catches throughout the first day as well, and that's Michael Pittman Jr. He's grown on a lot of people, and everyone likes to bring up the Utah game, but I thought uh, he was steady throughout most of the year, and he continues his ascension here, and it's just something about former NFL players' sons, just because they've been in the environment, they've been here before, they've seen what their fathers have had to go through in order to be successful in the pro game as well. And that's something that Michael Pittman Jr. does have in his corner as far as his draft stock. But just talk about what made him stand out to you the most during the first day. Man, you know what's crazy is that we're not talking about a power five wide receiver at one of the biggest programs in the country who caught over 100 balls. Yeah. I mean, the production's outrageous. Uh, and then this is a guy that, you know, a big player, thrives at the catch point. He watches a Utah game, goes up and gets it at the point of attack. But, man, he can run routes now. He's yeah. fluid. There wasn't a corner who could guard him. I, you talk, I think maybe the only guy we talked about was Troy Pride, who we'll talk about later. But, man, Pittman Jr., this guy was getting open at will. If it wasn't for a lot of bad accuracy and bad balls thrown to him, this guy would have been the talk of the day. He uh, was getting open at will. Uh, this guy was attacking uh, balls at the catch point like he always does. I think he just checked the boxes, and that's what you want to see from a top wide receiver prospect. You know, with Brandon Ayuk failing the physical, and, you know, that's just it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. He's got the medical red flags. We don't really know what's going on there. But with Pittman Jr., I think he's the best receiver in Mobile right now. I think it's pretty fair to say that. And with the day he had, I think he quickly asserted himself as such. And I think it was a big day for him to check the boxes. It was a big day for his draft stock. And we both talked about prior to recording this show that this is an environment that really is set up for him to succeed. Just because you don't have overly great cornerback talent in this group. And then there's kind of a lot of shorter guys where he's able to take advantage of and bully right. at the catch yep. point. And I thought, I mean, he can't control who's on the opposite side of the ball with him yep. or from him. He just has to go out and compete and dominate his competition. And I thought he definitely did that. Yeah, I mean, you got guys like S. Bassi, Terrell Burgess. Terrell Burgess is not used to playing corner. I mean, you got smaller guys under six feet. It's just really hard for them to defend a guy like Pittman Jr. But that's what Pittman Jr. is. He's a mismatch. A mismatch guy. Put him in the red zone, go up and get it. But I think he proved to a lot of coaches and scouts who kind of labeled him as this kind of big slugger kind of guy, 6'5", you know, all that. But he's not. He, this guy can move. And he doesn't move like a 6'5 guy. And when you see a guy who's that fluid, man, it, it's just it's just a different kind of player. And you can kind of tell he's a lot different than the other receivers there. He offers a different skill set despite having that same look. So big day for Pittman Jr. I think he's going to follow it up with even bigger days. Definitely. So I want to transition to the Big Ten now. Ohio State, they've known, they're have known they known for teams that have just 
or they're known for producing receivers that have just been incredible. We saw Terry McLaurin last year. Austin Mack and K.J. Hill are both but two guys that are here at the event this year. I thought Mack played well for the most part. But K.J. Hill was a guy that was just incredible throughout the first day. And you talk about a guy that has a Ph.D. in route running. There's just <laughs> something about these Ohio yep. State wide receivers to just – they're so well-seasoned as far as being route runners, creating separation. And we both know and we agree that separation is king in the NFL, and that's something that K.J. Hill was able to do throughout the first day. Big credit to Brian Hardline over there. Yeah. Yeah, I think Brian Hardline has really helped refine those receivers. You know, former NFL guy, now wide receivers coach Ohio State. But, um, yeah, I mean, K.J. Hill, talk about Ph.D. in route running. He he put a lot of corners on blast today. I, yeah. I talk about Lamar Jackson from Nebraska, Big Ten guy. He had him spinning. I don't know if you guys have seen the clip, but go back and watch it to where K.J. Hill literally had Lamar Jackson turning in circles without a compass. He had nowhere to go. <laughs> um, so this it, is how it is. K.J. Hill is a guy who can expose you. We talk about these one-on-one drills. What are they? They're exposure drills. Yeah. K.J. Hill is the prime suspect of exposing people, man. I, great feet, uh, great hips. This is a guy who really deceives corners with his eyes. I'm a big fan of him. Great hands. I, I, I'm just a big fan of his. I, I think he's going to be a good slot receiver next level. I worry about his play strength, his ability to get off the line of scrimmage in terms of press. But, man, he can really move, and he runs great routes. So I, I think he could be a great slot receiver next level. And I think he proved to a lot of teams that, hey, you know, I'm not just, you know, another Ohio State guy. I'm not just, like, you know, a depth guy. I want to, you know, stand out in my own ways. I know a lot of these Ohio State guys, like Terry McLaurin, for example, got kind of lost in the shuffle at Ohio yeah. State. And K.J. Hill, a lot of talent over there. It's kind of Austin Mack, too. He's not just another guy on the depth chart. He's a guy who can really stand out on his own right and without the Ohio State Buckeye sticker on his helmet. So big day for K.J. Hill and a guy who I think could be one of the best slots in this entire draft. Definitely improved his stock a whole bunch. I think he's firmly placed himself maybe into the early uh, day three discussion, maybe fourth or fifth round guy. I think that's a fair Absolutely. range. I think Absolutely. that's a fair yeah. range to take K.J. Hill. But I want to transition to the next guy that – who we both fell in love with at the weigh-in. He was much bigger than what we both thought. He looked probably like 6'2", 300 pounds on film, but he ended up measuring, I believe, 6'4", 308. I believe that was his measurements, and that's Matt Hennessy, the center from Temple. And everyone likes to talk about his last name and how a lot of people really enjoy that drink. But we're not talking about the drink. We're talking about Matt Hennessy. I actually put up a tweet saying that he stood out, and everybody was like, who's Hennessy? Who are you talking about about Hennessy? But um, he's a really good player. I love what uh, what he brings to the middle of that Temple offensive front, a guy that's been a multi-year starter, team captain. I uh, love his background story. He actually studied abroad for a year in Japan. And Matt Rule at the time, who was the coach at the time there, he actually picked him uh, to go on that event there. So, uh, I love everything about him. He's a character guy, a locker room builder yeah. in a sense, and that's something that you want to see like we talked about uh, in our last show with Lloyd Cushenberry. You want these guys to be leaders just because mm-hmm. it's a position that you have to lead. He's setting protections. He's basically setting up everything for the offense right. to succeed, and that's something that Hennessy was able to do and show during the first day of practice. And this is why Hennessy will be one of the top centers drafted. I'm, I'm going to put it in stone right now. He's going to be a top 100 pick. I mean, this is the guy that I think NFL teams are going to fall in love with in a view process. We're talking about with Lloyd Cushenberry. The center position is the quarterback of the offensive line. You yeah. need to have, above all else on the offensive line, for prospects, you need to have intangibles. You need to have leadership. 
that's what set, that's the entire mental makeup of a center. You got to be able to call the protections. You got to be able to get everyone in line. So Matt Hennessy fits that role perfectly. I think he commanded the huddle right away. This is a guy that we saw on tape. He moves extremely well. Has no problem reaching three techniques. No problem reaching the second level. What we did not see was that power and that play strength. That was one of the biggest concerns I had with his tape. I wasn't sure how strong he was. He stonewalled dudes on Tuesday, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so and he looked a lot bigger, like his torso a lot wider. His, this guy is a lot bigger than I thought he was. I think was, I thought it was gonna be sub three hundred. That's what kind of like two ninety five. That's what I kind of thought he was. Mm-hmm. Three hundred four was a good weight for him. Yeah. He carries it good, and he's not like he's a big bone dude. And I don't think he'll be that big. So. Matt Hennessy, stock up. This is a guy I think will be a top 100 lock, especially when he gets to talk to NFL teams with his intangibles. Definitely agree. And it wouldn't surprise me if he goes in the top 75. I think I'm oh, willing to go absolutely that high as well. But a guy that's definitely going to go before the top 75, they might actually end up being a first-round pick, and that's Josh Jones, the offensive oh, tackle from Houston. Measured at 6'5", 311 pounds today, which is just incredible numbers from him considering just because a lot of people thought he may not tip the scales over 300 pounds so kudos to him measuring at 311 pounds nasty dude on film and we talk about these athletic offensive tackles once again they go around earlier than what they are expected to go former basketball player which i know something is a huge checkbox for you with these offensive tackles as well so Josh Jones, just what did you see from him today? First things first, if you didn't play basketball and you're an offensive tackle prospect, stock down. <laughs> I, I, I'm literally like putting a red flag next to your scouting report that you didn't play basketball because I am, you know, I'm obviously kidding. But Josh Jones, a guy, you know, you can see that basketball background come up on his film, and even at the Senior Bowl here on Tuesday. I mean, this is a guy, you know, basketball players generally have good feet. They know how to play in space. They know how to, you know, basically maneuver around. And this is a guy that. Easy footwork, guy can get in his pass sets really smooth. I mean, but you look at his resume at Houston, four-year starter, a guy who played left and right tackle, All-American candidate, uh, all-conference every year of his career. I just don't know whether it's not the love of this guy. Durable, productive, comes over here to Mobile, competition's not too big, stonewalls every guy he goes up against. I'm just a big fan of his. I think the one rep that got was Josh Uche from Michigan, but yeah. other than that, I mean, he was lights out. And Jordan and I are going to go back and watch the film on this North practice. But to me, Josh Jones was the most impressive offensive tackle on this North team. And I think, you know, with his traits, his length, production, resume, basketball, everything about it, I got to tell you, I think he's a first-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And we talk about these athletic offensive tackles. Tristan Wirfs is another guy that's that athletic or in that athletic mold. And Josh Jones, we've talked about, that's gotten a lot of second-round buzz for the most part. But I think. If he continues the ascension that he's on right now, he's without question going to be a first-round pick. He's this year's Andre Dillard. Yeah. First. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, pro football focus, we're very good friends with him. Yep. Uh, Mike Renner is a guy that we ran into today, and he only gave up, I believe it was four pressures the entire year. Unbelievable. This year, which is just astronomical numbers for that position. Yeah, I had I have him as a top 25 player in November. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of people in my mentions saying, who is Josh Jones? Right. And I was like, Listen, man, this is a guy, like I said, four-year starter, guy who's been lights out all season. I didn't know he only gave up four pressures. That's really impressive. I didn't, I didn't chart that myself. But from the games I watched, this is a guy that you guys need to take seriously. I think he's the Andre Diller of this year's draft class, and it would not surprise me at all if he goes in the top 20 to a team like Denver at 15 
The team like Miami at 18. Uh, teams need offensive tackles. Teams will jump for them. They might be a little high, but hey, offensive tackle, like we said, athletic offensive tackles, they go around early. Yep. And this guy I want to get to, this is another person that is your guy, and that's Matt Pert, the offensive oh, tackle from UConn. Speaking of basketball so, players. Right, exactly. So just give us a little insight into his background and what you saw from him today. Oh, my goodness. So this guy did not play high school football until he was a junior. And the reason why is because he was such a good basketball player. He, was, he told me he was about to go play college basketball, actually, before um, he went to a private school. He ended up playing football and playing both. And being a dual sport athlete, but because he got so big and all, he wanted you know UConn. One other played left tackle for them, um, but he, he switched around from guard tackle at UConn, played a couple of different roles. But bat, he's told me basketball was always his first love until he went to UConn. So he's really young in football years, and I love that he embraces that because that's what he told me. He thinks he has a lot of untapped potential, and I think for a guy you know, like I said, really young in football years, a guy who's been that productive at different positions, learning different positions. It's just so really promising. Is Matt Pert to me is the offense tackle in this year's draft class that is the ascending prospect of the group, where he's going to get better and better with each snap. He's only played left tackle, folks, mm-hmm. for about two full seasons. Think about that for a second. And the fact that he is he played guard early on in his career at UConn, and he barely played high school football, so I don't even know if that even counts. So this is a guy that I believe is going to be one of the best offense tackles from this draft class, and I think he's going to be a top 50 pick when it's all said and done. I told Jordan right for the weigh-in, this guy was the most impressive-looking offensive tackle at the weigh-in I saw. I mean, you talk about a guy who just doesn't look like an offensive tackle. looks like a tight end. Yeah. But he, this guy is over 300 pounds. He just looks the part. And I'm telling you, when he blows it up at the combine, he's going to te- test through the roof. Uh, he's going to destroy the interview circuit. I'm a big fan. Matt Pert looked great today. Um, a great feet, power, length. Really has it all. I think you just gotta teach him some refinement techniques, some balance issues. Uh, but that's just that, that, that. Those are easy, correctable things because he's a guy who just hasn't played football a long mm-hmm. time. So a lot of things you can learn. I know coaches are gonna can't wait to get their hands on him. Looking for like a guy like Titus Howard, a guy who went mm-hmm. you know late in the first round, no one really saw coming. Yep. Matt Pert's another guy that teams gonna take a chance on. An offensive line coach is gonna be like, I want to work with him because I know there's a lot of untapped potential there. Matt Pert, guy, keep an eye on late first round. Definitely. I like his film a lot. I like everything he stands for, and there's just something different about these players that play with a purpose. And even if they did get a late start at football, it doesn't really matter a lot to me. It just matters how much they love the game going forward, and it's clear that Pert does love, love the game. So really excited about his future and see how he holds up during the later portions of this week. But the last guy we will get to, for the offensive side of the ball is Courtney Davis, mm-hmm. the wide receiver from Texas A&M. Really good chat with Footwork King last night. Me and Jonah uh, had a really good chat with him just talking about some of the guys that he's able to work out with. And he highlighted Courtney as being one of the hardest workers that he has ever had. And in his route running, it's easy to tell just because he's very precise. Uh, he's very preci- uh, very efficient, I should say, even though he didn't get a whole bunch of opportunities in the Texas A&M right. offense. But I thought he created a tremendous amount of separation, but something that is often um, glossed over in these All-Star games is timing. He just didn't have the timing down uh, with the quarterbacks that he was that he was participating with in this game. Um, Shea Patterson, Jordan Love, 
and Anthony Gore just were not able to connect with him a lot of times in this event. But he, he was creating separation, and that's something that you love to see just because he's gotten a lot of comparisons to Stefan Diggs. Now, I don't see him being quite that twitchy, but as far as the route running, how he's able to sink his hips and get in and out of the breaks, it is very impressive. So I really liked what I saw from Courtney Davis. Yeah, the most six foot two guy, um, guy who can really, I think actually measuring at six foot one, but still this guy, the long, lean guy who can move in and out of his breaks. This really explosive guy, and I think here's another guy like Michael Pittman Jr., who was robbed of bad quarterback play on Tuesday. And it's, it's not like you know, it's, you can't really knock quarterback like Jordan Love, Anthony Gordon. They didn't really look great, obviously Shea Patterson, but it, you, you, you're not gonna look great in a day where it's your first day of practice. You don't know the wire receiver you're throwing to. You know, you just you, you just got off the plane, whatever it is. First day of practice is always rough, but it was it came it came at the expense of a guy like Courtney Davis because as Jordan you know alluded to, this guy was getting gobs of separation, always open, no matter what route it was. Just the ball wasn't there on time, or the ball was underthrown, overthrown, whatever it may be. Um, but I mean, it's a lot of promising stuff. I think he's going to be a slot receiver at the next level. I think that's fair to say. Um, I think he reminds me a lot of Tyler Boyd in that regard. You know, he's not always going to be you know, the greatest after the catch, and like, but he's a guy that will get open for you, get reliable yards underneath. And I think that's you know his role at the next level. And I think he did it well. Definitely, really excited to see him later on throughout the week, and especially to see if him and his quarterbacks can find that chemistry. Just because I want to see the ball in his hands a little bit more is one of the big questions about about him that I have. Just how well he plays once the ball is in his grasp. Right. So really excited to see him throughout the week. But that is our North team overview from the first day of practices from the offensive side of the ball. Now when we return from the break, we'll go through and give a full breakdown of the defense. So with that being said, here's a word from our sponsors. All right, we are back to break down the North team defense and some things that we saw and also some prospects that really stuck out in our minds the most and caught our eye. The first guy that we both can agree on, and it is Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame, a guy that was just everywhere, all over the field. He was very active out there talking junk, very similar to what A.J. Green was doing to some of the receivers oh, out yeah. there. So just Troy Pride Jr., go through what you saw from him today and what has you so excited about him. Got to tell you, and Troy Pride Jr., I brought it up to the to the Draft Network staff when I got to Mobile. It was Jeff Gladney pulled out of the game. Christian Fulton pulled out of the game. It's like, who's the top cornerback? Who's going to rise above you know the table? Who's going to rise in this game? I said Troy Pride Jr. This is a guy, you know, looks the part. He's about 6 foot, 195. And just kind of average size kind of guy, but kind of fits all the thresholds. But, man, world-class speed. I'm a guy who's a track star. Probably one of the fastest guys in Mobile. He's going to run sub 4-4 easy. Um, just an easy mover. And you could tell that speed. I talked about margin of error last podcast episode in the South team with Darnay Holmes. Troy Pride Jr. doesn't have the best technique at the line of scrimmage. But because he's so fast and quick, he can get right back on the hip pocket like it's no problem. That's why, as I said, a lot of the best press man corners are smaller corners or guys who are faster. And the reason why I say that is because Troy Pride Jr. looked a lot better in press man coverage today than Lamar Jackson did. He did. So, and, and to me, yeah. Pride Jr. is a guy who I thought was the only guy who guarded Michael Pittman Jr. today. I think yeah. only one or two reps, but he was all on him. And I, I really don't remember a rep where Pride Jr. really just got beat. And for a corner, that's really just the biggest thing, right? Yeah. I mean, we talk about, you know, 
you know, people being quiet about corners, mm-hmm. that can sometimes be a good thing, right? Because they're not getting beat. So Pride Jr. to me, uh, I think he showed a lot of things today. I think he showed that you know he, he can be able to stay on the hip pocket, you play the ball in the air, and he can just be competitive. And I love that about him. And I think Pride Jr., especially in this weaker cornerback group in Mobile, I think he really separated himself. Definitely. I agree with that. And then next guy I want to get to, this guy is your guy right here, Michael Ujamudie. Oh my from Iowa. I thought he was another guy that had a terrific day as well. Absolutely. Now, he's a bit thin and he's a bit raw. Yeah. But as far as the baseline traits that he has, it is very encouraging. Absolutely. I mean, when you turn on his film, the first thing that stands out to, to you is just zone discipline. Very good zone coverage corner. So I'm not sure the man coverage stuff is, is really the best scene for him in terms of being played off man all that. Uh, I think he's, like I said, thin guy. Play strength is a little bit of a... A little bit of concern. I think a press man could be a little bit of concern there. Not necessarily the fastest guy, but man, he is one sharp kid. And you talk about a guy who I interviewed before the before the day. Uh, just really knows himself, knows his game really well. Talk about eye discipline as you know the key aspect of his game. That everything starts with his eyes, and then works down to his hands and his feet. Uh, just a really knowledgeable you know student of the game. Really takes pride in watching film. He talked about you know I asked him why he's you know. He knows so much about zone coverage, baiting quarterbacks in cover two, cover three. He says he says zone coverage is all about tendencies, man. It's yeah. all about watching film, and he says he's, he watches you know hours of film for games, and he prides himself on on that. And to me, uh, that's the kind of guy that's going to succeed in the NFL. He's a guy who has that kind of mindset, that competitive mindset, who wants to keep getting better and better. And he understands his limitations, he understands his strengths. That's the I think the really the key to a guy really developing the next level. Understanding limitations, understanding strengths, what you need to get better at. And I, like I say, he had a good day. You know, he he had some reps and press man. That I think he needs to get better at. But in terms of what he does well, competitive, physical, I I, I like what I saw from Ojemudia. Um, I encourage you to watch his tape because he's a thin guy, mm-hmm. but he might be the best run defending corner in this class. Like I for some. For a lot of the time, I thought he was going to be a safety because how well he was in zone coverage, how well he played with his eyes. Mm-hmm. But he just he might be just be too thin for that. But yeah. uh, I think if you put on a couple of pounds, make him a press man corner, really smart kid, knows his eyes, knows his feet, you can develop him into something. If you're looking for a day three corner with a lot of upside, Oja Moody is your guy. Definitely. Really excited about him and what he can show in the future in the coming days. But just winding this thing down, the last two players we'll talk about is Jeremy Chen from Southern Illinois and then Jason Strobridge, the defensive end slash defensive tackle slash do-it-all chess piece for the Tar Heels defense. He does so, it all, man. Definitely. So circling back to Jeremy Chen, we both were on the field for the second portion of practice today. My God. And the first guy that caught our eye was Jeremy Chen just because <laughs> we looked at his measurements, but we didn't know that he was that massive. And he's every bit of 6'3", 219 pounds. I believe that's what he measured in. And he's just a rocked-up dude from what we saw. And, man, you talk about that's just a guy that just has ball production. He's had three interceptions every year of his career. So really excited to see him throughout the rest of the week. But as far as a first-day impression, he left the lasting one. My goodness. And, listen, I've been on the Jeremy Chin bandwagon for a while, and so has Jordan. But we did not expect him to look that good. Right. I think. I, I think to me, talking about the biggest day one winner of either team. I think it might be Jeremy Chan. Me too. From yeah. weigh-in to where he looked like a sculpted Greek god mm-hmm. coming out of the weigh-ins to the uh, the media room, really just a soft-spoken, confident guy who knows 
what he does, really honest about himself. Comes out back to the to the uh, practice, looks phenomenal. I mean, they had him playing quarterback. Right. He was lining up on you know wider Chase Claypools of the world, yeah. right? And he looked great. I mean, he's never played. He played corner in high school, but he never played at Southern Illinois. Right. And come on, this guy's six three, two twenty, running with Chase Claypool <laughs> down the field. Uh, there's, no, I, I really believe he's going to be one of the biggest risers in this draft class. When people get to know him and they see what he does on tape, moves around a little bit, play man coverage, zone mm-hmm. covers in the box, sub package linebacker. I mean, I really think teams are going to love his physical profile and what he brings to the table, especially in today's NFL where it's a base nickel. This guy fits that mold. I think he's. It's a weaker safety class and weaker linebacker class. So you kind of put those hybrids together. Jeremy Chin probably has the, not even probably, he has the most impressive physical profile of any of those mid-round guys. I agree. And I'm a big fan of Chin, man. I love what he brings to the table and just his overall skill set. And I think he hit the nail on the head as far as, you know, the type of versatility that he brings to the table. He was playing some outside corner today, and we really couldn't believe that he was out there. We were really surprised oh goodness, yeah. about that. He's a freak show. That's the best way to describe it. But the last prospect we will get to today right. During the North Team defensive preview, that's Jason Strobridge, the do-it-all defensive lineman from North Carolina that I like to say just because they played him at three technique, they played him at five technique, and they've transitioned him everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he dominates wherever he is, no matter what. On the interior, he has that explosiveness that you're looking for. But also when he's on the outside, he still shows that power as well as his bend oh, as yeah. well. So really excited about him and what he showed today. What's so interesting about Jason Stowbridge is that he came in today at the weigh-in at 6'4", 267. If you recall on the North Carolina website where he weighed in at, 285. Wow. <laughs> so this is a guy that I Poor think, Isaiah Bugs. and I talked to him about this before practice. I said, where do NFL scouts have you because you dropped like 20 pounds? Mm-hmm. Is that your natural playing weight? What do you want to do? It, it, he looked sculpted. Sculpted at the at the weigh-in, so I knew something was up. This guy is gonna play edge, I think, at the next level. Yeah, and I think that's a big reason why he dropped those pounds. I mean, yeah. 6'4", 267, 33 inch arms. He looks the part. He this does. is a guy. Who, I mean, I saw a guy who probably a five technique, three technique at mm-hmm. North Carolina. But to me, I uh, in Mobile on Tuesday. I saw the bend. I saw the explosiveness of the edge. I think you can move him around. Four eye, five eye, where you want to do with yeah. him. I think you can move him around, and whether it's on the edge, three, four, four, three, that versatility is gonna be huge for him. Yeah. And I think just his ability to move his production. I'm a big fan of Stowbridge, and I think he's gonna be one of the biggest risers to come out of Mobile because of that. I agree. I love his versatility and everything that he brings to the table. Uh, it got better as the season went along. I oh, thought yeah. he had some really good games mixed in as well, but. That is our North Defensive Team preview, and that is our show for today. Once again, thank you guys for listening. We will be back tomorrow recapping day two in a very similar format. Uh, There's not going to be any snippets in tomorrow's show, or I should say the day after the second day of practice, I should say. We're not going to have any inserted snippets or anything like that. It's just straight recap. We're going to give you everything that we saw throughout practices, some notes that we did write down as well so really excited to get you guys content all the way through saturday just just because if you can't make mobile we try to give a first person a first-hand experience of what we're seeing uh, down here in mobile so stay tight with us we are the locked on college football podcast i am jordan reed he is jonah tolls 
Thank you guys for listening. We are live from Mobile, and we will be that way for the rest of the week. Make sure you stay in tune and in-depth with the show. Leave a five-star review and subscribe to it as well. We will be back tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.